One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Friday Five, my weekly topical dive into the world of well-being. And this week, I am delighted to be joined by a genuine sustainability warrior, Ashling Connerton, for a really interesting and timely look at some of the upcoming events in the eco world, as well as a really informative chat about some of the newer technologies that we will all be hearing more about as we enter an ever increasingly digital world of wellness. Well, I first met Ashling many moons ago when she joined the Lizelle Beauty Company, which I am no longer connected to, of course, but have many happy memories of co-founding with my then business partner, Kim. Well, Ashling headed up our PR team back then, and we worked together on many projects, including ways to make the company more sustainable and genuinely authentic when it came to our supply chain within the beauty world. We developed a really close link with those keen to eradicate animal testing, as well as blazed a bit of a trail when it came to things like sustainable plant sourcing and working with fair trade and fair made organizations and products. Well, after we both left the beauty brand, we stayed in touch and Ashling went on to work in far-flung places around the world, including living in mainland China and San Francisco, where she furthered her passion for all things green and genuinely sustainable, while also working at the cutting edge of tech and the increasingly growing digital space. So once lockdowns eased here, she was one of the first people I wanted to catch up with in person because she's now gone on to found her own sustainability consultancy company with two other equally talented young female founders. And so it was that we found ourselves having lunch together last week where we caught up on just so much that is very fascinating in this area. And, you know, as we were chatting, I thought to myself, gosh, there is just so much interesting, new and relevant information here. Wouldn't it be great to record this conversation and make it available for my wider Lizelle Wellbeing community to hear? And so it is that we got together this week to record this special episode of my Friday Five, which I do hope you will find every bit as fascinating as I do. So, Ashling, such a warm welcome. I am so thrilled that you have found the time to come and join me here. I was just saying to our audience that, you know, we had this great lunch. And I remember thinking during the lunch, oh, my goodness, you are saying so many interesting things. I wish we were recording this conversation. And here we are. So welcome. Oh, thank you for having me, Liz. It's wonderful to be in touch again and reconnect. 
It really is. And so much to say. And I think, you know, there's so much talk about sustainability. And you said so many wise things about it. And I thought we could really start the chat by thinking about where you came from, because your route to sustainability has been very different. You know, you told me that you didn't come to this as a, a climate change activist or a, or a scientist or an environmental lawyer. You know, you, you came really as a product of capitalism, you know, working in hairdressing at the age of 13 purely so you can get cash to, to buy more stuff. So that's that's kind of a different route, isn't it, really? Absolutely. And, you know, this is what I do full time, Liz, and I absolutely love it. Like, it's, you know, it's my passion and I'm in this space all the time speaking to so many interesting people. But most of my peers really came, um, you know, as scientists or environmental lawyers, and they realised that there was those huge issues, you know, with melting glaciers, etc. But all of those things, that's not how I ended up in sustainability, as you said. You know, I was working, I wanted to buy more stuff. I had a really amazing career in the beauty industry where I worked for Clarins, Nestle Lauder Companies and L'Oreal and even for you. Um, you did. That's where we met at Lizelle Beauty. Exactly. So I was in the PR and marketing team um, and it was really kind of behind the scenes of business is where I found my kind of calling with, re with regards to sustainability. You know, the greenwashing that happens behind the scenes. So businesses saying mm. one thing and really doing another. And that's that's really how, how it began for me, but that wasn't sitting well with me. And my cousin, who was 10 years older than I am, who I used to really look up to, used to kind of question me. She was in fashion and she used to say, you know, do you know where where that £10 top has come from? Do you know the true cost of it? And she kind of got my brain working. Um, but yeah, it, it was a very different route for me. So I spent a long time in beauty, not feeling kind of clear on the on the greenwashing feeling a bit uneasy about that. Um, mm. Then I got really into supply chain transparency through working with you. You know, you were mm. a farmer's daughter. You really thought about where things had come from and, and yeah. got me thinking about it a lot more. And so much so I went and did um, a course in blockchain on supply chain transparency and then had a total career change and moved from beauty into technology and went to San Francisco and to mainland China. And that's when I got really excited about sustainability because there are so many solutions in the tech space. It's just about taking them from one sector to another. And um, and yeah, and I went back and did a full-time master's in sustainability and business because I feel like businesses have a big role to play. And I feel like businesses can really be a force for good. Mm. You know, there's so much there to, to, to touch on. I think a lot of people listening will be very interested to hear your route through beauty. Mm -hmm. And you talk there, you use the word greenwashing. And this is something that I'm sure a lot of people working in sustainability, you know, are absolutely infuriated by. And I remember you saying to me that, you know, in beauty, you, you realize that a lot of marketing was basically lying. Mm. And, and I mean, that, that's, that's quite a, a powerful statement. How, how do you, you know, wh what do you think about that? And, and how do you kind of qualify what you mean by greenwash? So absolutely. So greenwashing is a term where you are saying one thing, where a business is saying one thing to sell more product, and it's just not true. And it happens all the time. It happens in every sector, um, you know, across the board. So an example would be in the beauty industry, for example, would be a, a, a beauty product saying this product is not tested on animals. And they have that right front and centre on their marketing literature. And the finished product might not be tested on animals, but the ingredients along the supply chain have been. Mm. 
And that was a real kind of trigger point for me because I was like, you're basically, you know, saying to someone, someone's buying that thinking no animals have been harmed. But actually, you know, they've just got around it from a legal perspective and Mm. the ingredients have been tested on animals. And that's why that leaping bunny is very, very important in the beauty industry. And and, absolutely. Yeah. And personally, I mean, you you and I worked worked a lot on that together. Mm. And I remember instigating the fixed cutoff date Mm. for for ingredients, which means that we couldn't use, certainly back in in the day uh, when I was part of the beauty company, we couldn't use any ingredients um, after a certain date because that meant that otherwise you had this rolling cutoff date and it would be interesting to talk about that more in the future but that would mean that if you say you don't use anything that hasn't been tested in the last five years then there's a continual chain of ingredients that you know have been animal tested that you can then use after a five-year period so that's why the fixed cutoff is important and that's very much what the leaping rabbit is all about isn't it absolutely and you know a business saying we don't test on animals but actually you know you're selling your products in china where they do test on animals Mm. You know, so it's like, oh, we don't test on animals unless we're forced to by law. Then we do, you know, or then, it, then it's a different thing, you know. Yeah. So w- when you were working for big brands, this is obviously going back quite some time. How how interested were some of the big beauty brands in, in being green and, and being sustainable? Well, here's the thing, you know, and this is where we have huge power as consumers because we're in a capitalist world. You know, we are where we are and businesses want to sell more products. You know, this is the system. And they are, we would spend so much time and money trying to figure out what consumers actually want. And so, you know, the consumer, especially when it comes to beauty, where it's predominantly female, want to feel good when they purchase things. You know, they don't want to have a bad taste left in their mouth afterwards. They really want to feel good. They want to do the right thing. So a lot of businesses do really, really care, but there's this kind of disconnect, you know, from what the consumer wants um, and what businesses are actually doing at the top. And that's why I'm quite excited working in sustainability now at the moment, because I feel like there's this real shift at the at C-suite level where, you know, where the CEOs and the chief marketing officers are actually connecting now with what the consumer wants. Um, mm. So it's it's a really, really exciting time in sustainability because up until this point, you know, it was just like all about making money, a lot of greenwashing in the middle. And now you're seeing businesses realising they can be a force for good and, and they can make a change and they can, you know, do both. Because the definition of sustainability, if we go back to what it actually is, you know, when I was studying sustainability, people would often just think it was climate change or, you know, I was going to go on some activist rant and I'd be in, in a restaurant mm. or a pub and they'd politely go to the toilet because they'd be like, oh, here she goes. She's going to talk to me about climate change. Or they, or they would say it would be a CEO and they would say, you know, Ashling, great sustainability is really important, but we're in the middle of a pandemic and, you know, I'm trying to survive. My business is trying to survive. Yes. I don't have time to talk, discuss this. You know, it's lit, we're literally taking it day by day. But the interesting thing about sustainability is that the three pillars of sustainability are environment, the planet, society, people, and economic, which is business. And mm, that's interesting. Absolutely, it's really yeah. People forget that you've got to have you've got the e- economics of it, the economy also has to be sustainable. Interesting that that, that those are the three defined pillars, are they, when you're studying sustainability? They are the three defined pillars. And I think really one of the great things about COVID is that it's made us realise how much society relies on the economy. You know, Mm -hmm. so we rely on businesses every day. Like when we couldn't go to work, it really affected our mental health. 
You know, we totally. need to earn money to be able to buy things, to send our children to do whatever they need to do. Like we really rely on the economy and the economy relies on society. So there's this real interdependence between the two and they need to be balanced. And then mm. if you don't have society or the economy, or if you don't have the planet, you don't have society or the economy. So it's just about yeah. balancing the three, you know. So I think we're really seeing that with businesses now, that they're they're moving from this kind of shareholder model, which is, you know, mm -hmm. capitalism in its extreme, where you have to make as much money as possible for your shareholders. You know, in the US, you have to make as much money as possible for your shareholders or the CEO could be sent to prison. You know, that's what's wow. that's the fiduciary. <laughs> that's a bit drastic. You know, and that's that's CEOs have been in that point where they have to make wow. as much money as possible for their shareholders. But we're moving from that model to a stakeholder model where, of course, you need to make money for your shareholders. But you have to think of your stakeholders, which are your employees. How are they holding up? What about your supply chain? What about everyone through your supply chain? What about your consumers? Like, I hate the word consumers. You know, when did we become consumers? We're citizens, but the people that are purchasing your products. You know, so once you move from a shareholder model to a stakeholder model, and you're thinking about all the stakeholders, capitalism is actually okay. You know, it's, it's, mm. it's just that shift. And that's what a lot of businesses yeah. were doing already at Liz Earl. Initially, when you set the business up, that's what you were doing. You were thinking yeah. about the full supply chain. Yeah, it was extraordinary. I mean, we, we we just did it back in the day because we felt in, instinctively that it was the right thing to do. Nobody asked us about our CSR policy or, you know, how green we were. Green was just a, a colour on a shade chart. You know, it wasn't a kind of political message at all. But it, it, I guess what you're saying is it's really it's all about how we live on the planet today without depleting its resources for tomorrow that's that's kind of in, in a nutshell isn't it protecting the children children's future so that they can flourish and prosper and we can all thrive I mean that's the, the essence of sustainability isn't it in the round Liz and that's the actual definition so the definition of, of sustainability is meeting the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs so you know you instinctively just know that you know it's about looking at protecting our children and their children so that they can prosper yeah. really you know it's not rocket science <laughs> well I want to talk about the sustainable development goals because mm -hmm. we're hearing a little bit more about that sustainable development goals or SDGs and these are the the 17 global goals developed by the UN is that right can you talk us through these yeah absolutely so the the UN sustainable development goals were created by the UN there's 17 goals and um, all countries, businesses, citizens have been asked to use these SDGs as a framework to kind of end poverty, protect the planet, ensure prosperity. And they're getting reviewed um, in 2030. And so, you know, it's worth it's really worth researching them because they they're very, very simple and they are global goals. But they they're simple, but they're big, aren't they? I mean, you know, one goal is to improve health. I mean, that in itself is a massive goal. Absolutely. And, you know, I will say that the to-do list for humanity, you know, they don't actually right. do anything, but they've really been thought through by the best academic minds in the world. You know, they haven't mm. been created on the back of a fag packet. They've been really, really thought through. <laughs> and under each one is like sub-indicators, you know, so it's about figuring out what's the one that resonates with you. Um, having a look at through them, you know, SDG3 is good health. So that's obviously mm -hmm. the one that you know, your life purpose is about well-being and health, Liz. And so yeah. one of the sub-indicators under good health is reproductive health and education for all women. 
And it's something we haven't been doing. And that's something that instinctively you were just doing naturally, you know, where you're talking about mm-hmm. these situations that no one else has been talking about. So I think mm-hmm. it's really important for businesses, you know, at, nations are looking at SDGs. Businesses are embedding SDGs through their framework, through their business, what SDGs are. Are they really? They really, really are. And it was actually, it was when I was living in China where I realized that these goals worked because in China, I was in mainland China, no one spoke English. You know, I had a live translator with me the whole time, but those 17 goals were translatable. You know, so they are global goals and they do they work across all nations. And that's when I thought there's really something in this. So there isn't enough awareness around them. You know, they, they are extraordinary. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at a chart actually that has all 17 goals on. And, you know, the first one here, no poverty. Second one, no hunger. Mm. Third one, good health. Fourth one, quality education. Then we go on to gender equality, clean water and sanitation, renewable energy, good jobs and economic growth. You know, I mean, they are each one of these pillars is massive. In a, in a way, you kind of look at it and think, oh, my goodness, you know, if you just, just take one of those, no poverty. I mean, how on earth mm-hmm. are we going to, to achieve that? But I'm really interested that you spent so much time in China embedding mm-hmm. yourself because China has not got the best reputation. Let's let's face it. You know, we tend to think of it as as cheap imports, a lot of polluting plastics, etc. Are they really looking at these goals and, and taking them seriously as a nation? Absolutely. And, you know, you have to remember um, you know, China was a third world country not so long ago. So, you know, I, I kind of went in judging as well. And it's quite interesting that, you know, the SDGs were initially called the Millennium Goals. So they were originally started by what we would say the nations in the global north, the kind of richer nations saying to the kind of poorer nations, you know, we're really going to help you end poverty. We're going to help you figure these out. Um, we'll, we'll support you. And then once they started digging down, they were like, hold on a second. You know, the, I was living in San Francisco before I was living in China. There's the poverty and homelessness in San Francisco was absolutely soul destroying. You know, you literally have to walk over homeless people every day. So they changed the millennium goals. You know, they were suddenly a bit like, let's look at ourselves as well. Let's look at what we're doing. And so the SDGs stopped just being for the global south and became world goals, global goals for all of us to work towards because every nation needs to be working towards them. You know, let's, let's look at what's on our doorstep as well. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's really fascinating to to look at this whole kind of global issue and and to see it as a a global challenge for all of us, but for the whole of humanity. Let's move on and talk about COP26, because this, again, is another another abbreviation that we're seeing. And certainly anybody working in the world of sustainability will know this. So it'd be interesting to, to just introduce this perhaps as a concept to those who haven't heard about it. COP26, this is kind of the Olympics of climate change, isn't it? Absolutely. So this is a big UN conference. Um, it's huge. It's the 26th one. That's why it's called COP26. And it right. stands for Climate Change Conference of the Parties. So it's a UN conference. And this year it's been hosted in Glasgow. So the UK are hosting it. This and year? This Gosh. year. So it's going to take place in November of this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the last one that you'll probably or probably the first time I was aware of, of COP was where the Paris Agreement was born. So we've probably all heard of the Paris Agreement. It's in the media a lot. COP21. That's when, you know, all the scientists came in, spoke to all the world leaders and said the world is going to end unless we kind of reduce our carbon emissions and we all need to net zero. And so this COP26 is a review of the Paris Agreement. So all the nations will come together and they will basically show how they are reducing their greenhouse gas emissions. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's going to be in the media a lot. It's going to be in the UK media a huge amount. The government has actually last year set up a new watchdog where it's calling out fashion and beauty as sectors it's watching for greenwashing. Because with with the run up to COP26, they think that more brands are going to be greenwashing. So you're really going to start seeing this more momentum building, 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 building. And there'll be a lot of demonstrations. You know, the last one was um, in Madrid. Greta Thunberg came and gave a big speech. There was huge Mm -hmm. demonstrations outside. So, yeah, brace yourselves. We're hosting the Olympics Olympics of climate change in the UK. So, gosh, I would say, yeah, let's let's get prepared and let's get kind of aware of the issues and let's get aware of the greenwashing. And, and, you know, I think the science behind it, too, you know, what's what's really working and and what's not and what's driving it, because there are just so many factors at play. It's 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 a really interesting, interesting area. And I think let's let's plan a longer podcast, shall we, when we can talk about, you know, some of these issues specifically. I would love to. 
Well, but one of the things before we go is I would love to touch on because this is again something that you talked about over our lunch, and I just thought you know we have to throw this out there because this is going to be so interesting, particularly I think in the world of well-being, and that's talking about supply chain transparency and this thing called blockchain. So come up, what is blockchain and why does it matter? And you know, I love talking about this, Liz. I could talk about it all day. It's literally my favourite. <laughs> okay, thing. well, we're going to have to do another yeah. another podcast on blockchain. But can you can you give us the just the heads on blockchain? <laughs> so yeah, so blockchain, you know, it was created in 2011, and it was created for cryptocurrency. So what I will say is, blockchain is to Bitcoin what the internet is to email. Right. So you need the internet to send an email. You need bit. You need blockchain to send cryptocurrency. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, so that it's basically the technology that underpins crypto, and it's a value transfer. I can explain it in more detail, but it's basically you can value transfer on on online, basically. And how 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 do you get blockchain? Do you sign up for it, or is it just there? You, well, it's like it's like a kind of technology, like um, like the it's there, the internet's there. Do you know what I mean? So it's just about plugging yourself into it. You can plug yourself in, okay. And so in 2014, so really not that long ago, we realized that this new technology that was created for cryptocurrencies really could be used in other ways. And one of the other ways it could be used is for supply chain transparency, because all it really is, is an open decentralized ledger that records transactions and is trusted. So you can't lie on it. Everyone can see what you're doing. Do you really? See? And who runs it? Who runs blockchain? Well, this it's it's basically it's like who runs the internet? Do you know what I mean? Okay. It's who, who's <laughs> ever playing, who the players are, or what we call actors. Wow, this is kind of mind fuzzing, isn't it? Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> and so, and you just have to think totally different. But they, you know, uh -huh. in, in 2015, a, a business was founded called Everledger by a woman. May I add, who was really, really? yeah, by a woman. So it's a business called Everledger. It's in Australia, and she uh -huh. realised that this new technology could solve this blood diamond issue we have, where mm. the, you know, huge supply chain transition huge supply chain issues around diamonds and she created she took the technology and used it um, to track diamonds so to make sure that when you buy a diamond that you're giving to someone you really love that no one has died in the process you know and you can track it way back and also when you pass that diamond on you know where it's come from as well you know right. it's with that tracking mm. so so that was in Australia and then in the UK there's an amazing woman called Jessie Baker um, and she was doing her PhD. She was also techie. And she set up a business called Provenance. And she used food, tuna, um, as her kind of supply chain tracking product. And and she could track the tuna right from the sea to your plate. Really? Yeah, absolutely. So it, it's basically what, what it is really, Liz, is it's um, a product coming with like a physical, a physical product coming with a digital passport. So you know where it's come from, its origin, and you can see it all along. Like, along so it, is it a bit like a QR code? You know, we would get those QR scanner codes now on some things in supermarkets, and when you hold your phone over them, it'll tell you, you know, where where your you know piece of beef came from, for example. Absolutely. So so it will let the consumer see, but really businesses haven't had visibility, as you know, most businesses don't sure. have visibility of their supply chain, and we saw this in the fashion industry when Rana Plaza collapsed. 
you know, mm. in Bangladesh and all the fashion brands were like, nothing to do with me, nothing to do with me, those thousands, thousands of women that died in this factory. Oh, hold yeah. on, there's a Benetton label in the rubble. Hold on, there's all these labels mm. in the rubble. Hold on, we yeah. didn't have visibility of our supply chain. Gosh, you know, so they didn't actually know or they didn't they didn't choose to know, perhaps. That's the well, that's the debate, isn't it? They just, mm. you know, and that's the true cost of, of products. So the fashion industry has been yeah. exposed on this. And so businesses are now squirming behind the scenes, going, How are they going to cope then if everything becomes suddenly so instantly traceable and trackable and transparent and, and we're going to be able to look at things and say, Well, actually, do you know, I'm not I'm not going to buy that because I can see where it's come from. I can see the, the provenance very clearly. Well, businesses that don't have, tra- you know, that won't give you visibility, it will be there will be for a reason, I believe, you know, so so it was definitely and it's very hard to retrofit this technology as well. You know, it's very challenging to go back through your whole supply chain when you've been squeezing them for you know, years and years and years to then go and fix Won't that be interesting then to see what comes out of it? I mean, and you'll have brands that are potentially saying one thing to, to to the consumer or to the citizen of the world and actually doing another. And this this will call them out. This will show very clearly. Absolutely. So it's a really exciting time. So, you know, these new technologies can just be, you know, used across multiple sectors. And so provenance, um, the one I mentioned in the UK is working with lots of beauty brands now at the moment. Really? So yeah, so it's a very, it's really, I'm very, very hopeful and positive when it comes to kind of the future around sustainability. Oh, good. Well, that's what we like here, positive vibes. <laughs> and and I definitely want to to do a bit of genning up on all this and perhaps we can have, you know, longer chats. Before we go, I think, can we look at some things that are just a little bit close to home that are practical things that we can all do now? Because I think so many of us are really, you know, enraged by the amount of single-use plastics. We really want to play our part. We want to reduce food waste. We want to shop more locally, be more transparent. What kind of practical tips can you leave us with perhaps today that we can then take into our lives right now before all these new technologies come in? Absolutely. And this is why I love your podcast, Liz, because it is about being positive (laughs) and we can make a difference, you know? And I feel like there's so much doom and gloom and sustainability, but it's because we're focusing on the problems. And in business, it's all about finding a problem and then finding a solution so let's kind of become sustainability solutionists you know obviously we need to be pragmatic but let's have some solutions you know let's be positive so one one of what we do my consultancy it's called CID Connect CYD but what we do is as a starting point is we go into businesses and we help them get their house in order so we help them kind of figure out where you know what do they need to do differently and where do they sit compared to everyone else so we kind of benchmark them and I think we can do that at home as well we can get our house in order at home and that's something I've done personally and it's always you know, you always have to improve, but you have to start somewhere. And I think Mm. shopping locally and mindfully, like you always said, you know, I'm really cutting single use plastics off at the source by trying to use refill um, stations, Mm. you know, always bringing that reusable bag. It's simple, but really important. Um, Planting a tree, it's good for your soul as well. You know, it's such a good thing to do, reconnecting with nature. And have a look at those Google SDGs and see which one resonates with you. You know, they're that to-do list for humanity. My ones that I love are number five, gender equality, and number 12, responsible consumption. That's the whole blockchain thing, you know. Figure out what are yours. What are the ones that really inspire you? 
Yeah, I'm I'm looking I'm looking at the list right now. Obviously number 3 for me good health well-being that's fundamental. Um uh, number 15 I love live on the land. You know obviously into regenerative farming, regenerative agriculture, reduced inequalities number 10. I mean these are all powerful very thought-provoking statements, aren't they? Absolutely. And I think you know as women as well like let's speak up. Like I I do a bit of work with Cambridge and at the Judge Business School, there's a huge amount of research coming out now saying one of the biggest solutions to the climate crisis is more female leaders. So we need to kind of find our voice in, in everything we do and, and see what resonates with you. And then don't be ashamed to talk about it. You know, sustainability mm. is cool now. It's it's a fun thing to be talking about. And, and let's, let's, um, let's move forward and make it positive and engaging. Oh, well, really, really fascinating, Ashing. Lovely to chat, as always. Tell us a little bit about your consultancy before you go. Where can we find you? Because I know you've got lots of resources on your company website, which is so interesting, I think, to take a look at. Thanks, Liz. So my website is um, CIDConnex, which is C-Y-D, and then connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-S dot com. And, and what we, does the CID stand for? So CID is a really important family name for us, actually. Um, I, mm. I'm, I founded the business with two amazing women, one of them is Jen McGarrigal. He would have known she worked at Liz Earl as well. Uh, Absolutely. She's... I know her from the beauty company. Hi, Jen. <laughs> so she is a very, um, very, very powerful woman. And also my cousin, who I mentioned earlier. So she's been in sustainability right from the very beginning. So she's having a real I told you so moment. So we're, we're <laughs> three female co-founders together. And Sid is a very meaningful name for us. It stands for transformation, for courage, um, for really kind of moving forward in this in this time. And, and, and as I mentioned, speaking up and speaking your truth. And I think connection is always key. You know, I, we all yeah. say collaboration is the new competition. We're not going to solve these problems alone. Let's work together. Love it. Oh, my goodness. You made me go all spine tingly. Love it. And I absolutely, of course, love the fact that you are female founders working in this space and that, that we've recognized that, that female leadership is, is so needed in sustainability. So lovely to chat. Honestly, it was, it was so great to catch up with you in person. And, and thank you so much for coming and giving us your time here. Lots to think about. Thank you. Thanks again, Liz. See you soon. Well, thanks so much to Ashling for sharing just some of her knowledge and expertise here. And I'm quite sure that we will be hearing so much more about these buzzwords in the months and the years to come. Don't forget, you may well have heard it here first. And I do hope that we can pick up on a few of these topics again and look at each one perhaps in greater detail. Well, before I go, a few word of thanks for some of the kind comments that have been flowing into our social media channels here, especially those who left comments on my personal Instagram, which is at Lizelle Me, after I shared the interview that my eldest daughter, Lily Earl, so bravely and honestly shared all about her chronic pain and autoimmune health journey. And she shared that with the wider community at Get the Gloss, which is a really good website. Well, I've linked to this on my Instagram if you would like to take a look. It's a very powerful and genuinely brave account of how a sudden hidden disability can so dramatically change a life. And it highlights many of the extraordinarily hard issues shared by so many living with chronic pain on a daily basis. I am so proud of you, my lovely Lily, and I do hope that your searingly honest and heart-wrenching account will go on to help many similarly affected. 
Well, many of you also love my chat with Jenny Sharp. She is of the great British hair care brand, Percy and Reed. And you enjoyed our conversation, which you can also now see on YouTube if you're a subscriber to the Lazar Wellbeing channel, which I hope you are on YouTube. It's such a great chat, not only actually about helpful hair care for hair loss and thinning hair, which can be weakened by age or stress or hormonal change. But, you know, we chatted all things, things like biking and relationships and, of course, menopause and HRT. You know, I love those kind of chats where you start off thinking you're going to talk about one thing, in this case, the launch of the new Percy and Reed strengthening hair care line, which is very good. But you end up also managing to cover so many other interesting things and relevant topics at the same time. So thank you, Jenny. Do take a listen on Catch Up on YouTube if you would like to. Don't forget that as a result of this, Percy and Reed have given us all a 15% Liz Loves affiliate discount code to use on their website. Valid right through from now until the end of August on all their brilliant hair care products. This is not an ad, by the way. I'm just letting you know. And that's not just their newest one. Ones. Um, I, for one, am going to be taking advantage of this, stocking up especially of their trial size minis and their travel sizes. So very useful to have right now as we start to think about trips away from home. And don't forget, my team and I do work really hard to put together all kinds of Liz Loves discounts and offers for all kinds of really brilliant products. And yes, you know, I do genuinely have to love something for it to be included in the Liz Loves selection. You can't just buy your way in. And you will find all of these now on the Lizard Wellbeing website. If you'd like to check them out, simply head to Lizard Wellbeing and click on the heading Liz Loves. And virtually all the brands that we work with, the offer code is simply Liz Loves, all in capitals, all one word to get your discounts. Well, that is it for this week. I hope you enjoy today's free weekly newsletter. If you're listening to me in real time, this will be winging its way into your inbox around tea time if you have signed up to receive this. Do check your junk mail if it doesn't arrive, as somehow it manages somehow to get caught in there. It's definitely not junk, in my opinion, anyway. And don't forget that you can leave a comment for my team or for me on any of our social media platforms, which include Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, iTunes. If you'd like to leave a podcast review here also, always love to hear what you have to say and to get feedback, always very valuable and much appreciated. So until next week, same time, same place, go well. Bye-bye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.